Hello. Welcome to the We Are Kids podcast, where we talk about therapy, therapy practices, and best ways to support, empower, and help others become the author of their own story. I'm your host, Casey Smith, and I hope you enjoy this podcast, and please subscribe for more content. Today, I want to talk about fundamentals. And I want to start the conversation of fundamentals by immediately opening the floodgates and saying that Carol Baskin did not kill her husband. O.J. Simpson did not kill his wife. Casey Anthony did not kill her baby. And the San Francisco 49ers are a one-hit wonder, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars and just like all the other teams who do what they try to do. Now, One of those could be considered a lie, or all of them could be considered a lie. But how do you have the conversation about any of them and try to prove your point? How do you hold those people accountable? If you look at certain cases, it becomes clear why the greats are greats and why the greats are not greats, why innocent people go and innocent people stay. And they all come down to one thing, and that's the fundamentals. So in basketball or in football, there's fundamentals. You're looking for what are you good at? What is the one thing that your team is going to be pretty much known for? What is your talents of the key people who are going to be great? So if you look at the New England Patriots, for example, They have, there are one or two things that have historically over the years been great. Their ability to take chances, their ability to find things that fit their scheme, their quarterback, and their head coach. If you look at basketball, the best teams always knew what they were trying to do. The Bulls were great at rebounding, defense, and of course, Michael Jordan. Uh, You look at the Spurs, you know, probably the perfect example of fundamentals. They just didn't make mistakes. You know, Tim Duncan, his efficiency, everything that he needed to do, he was doing it in a very specific way. It was very grounded. It made sense. This is where the controversy part comes in. When we look at these cases, right, Carol Baskin, O.J. Simpson, Casey Anthony, what would it look like or what or what is the reason that all three of them basically went free all three of them for the most part and why the public has been so up in arms over all three cases even now is because each one of the cases were winnable they were cases that were slam dunks oj's obviously out of everybody the reason it was so captivating wasn't just because of all of the culture and outside things that could have happened, but it was a winnable case. There was forensic evidence. There was, you know, people who knew their relationship, accusations of past domestic violence, but he had his dream team. And the one thing that his dream team did is they busted down on the fundamentals the things that they could prove and the things that they could force the other people into doing. For example, Marsha Clark, who 
side note, it always surprises me that she has a hit TV show based off, you know, solving crimes after that whole debacle. But that's a subject for another day. When we look at evidence that was presented in that case, one of the biggest things that I look at that I say, it was not only not fundamental, but it was preventable, was introducing those gloves into evidence. Every bit of research that I've done into that case and every bit of research that I've seen other people do into that case, they mark that as a key turning point. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. That glove opened the door for it to be someone else. That glove is a fundamental piece that they will never get back. And the reason that was introduced is because the whole spin that the prosecution continuously tried to spin was based on just this weird, like, like there wasn't a focus. There was no focus of the, the, the three major facets of what they were trying to prove. It wasn't clear. Now, on the opposite end is the minute that that glove came out, it became clear they could spin it any way they wanted after that. And they were going to make the prosecution chase because they weren't playing fundamentals anymore. They weren't, you know, playing is the wrong word, but they weren't basing things off of fundamentals. They weren't looking at it and saying, here's what I can go to. Now, because the floodgate has been open into the other direction of, I can say it's the gardener, I can say it's the son, I can say it's, you know, even Ron himself. That floodgate opens. Those are the bits and pieces of those cases. Casey Anthony's case is a lot of the same. The minute that the prosecution introduces, you know, George Anthony, Casey's father, as the potential person and saying, hey, you know, the door was left open. That automatically, in that presentation, and saying that George Anthony abused Casey Anthony, all, all it did is it opens the door for the fact that it's somebody else. These bits and pieces are what leads to people not being able to prove cases. It's the same thing with Carol Baskin. It's a fundamental breakdown. So when we look at like why and how would Carol Baskin be proven guilty, if ever? The answer is there's already conflicting evidence out there. So even if they presented it, it would be very hard for them to prove because the waters have already been muddled and it would be very clear for someone else to say, well, it was this person or it was that person that killed this person. You know, the fact that he had ties, um, you know, to the helicopter brothers, the fact that, you know, there was an arch nemesis that, the, you know, the guy, the other guy who wanted him dead, it would be very easy to say, well, Joe Exotica killed him. And the proof of that is he had a hit put out on Carol. There's so many different things that you can do that. And, and when you're talking about being a fundamentalist, which is, I don't want to say a fundamentalist Christian because there is a big difference. I'm not talking about being a fundamentalist Christian. I'm talking about doing things in a fundamental way and showing how and what you're going to do. This is where a lot of society goes haywire is when businesses fail, people fail, 
even if you're playing a video game that you fail, you do so because you get away from what you're doing best. The Patriots are such a good example of doing that. Not only do they have what they do well, but they intentionally focus on taking away what you do well. That's why this whole conversation about Tom Brady leaving and him being a system quarterback, I think, I don't get me wrong, Tom Brady is, is the GOAT, in my opinion. I think he's phenomenal. He's great. But Bill Belichick's system is effective. And it's effective for really two major reasons. One, because, like I said, they, they take away what you do well, and they know exactly what they're going to do. And it's up to you to stop them. It's not, we're going to go out there and we have this game plan and if the game plan changes, we're going to mix it up in the middle of the game. We're going to adjust, yes, but our adjustments aren't going to be crazy. They're not going to be so far out there that every two or three years, we're going to change it up. We're going to focus on the same few things. And if you look at the Patriots, a great example of that is year after year after year, they have done the same exact thing. Good defense. Offense that will be top tire, things that will take them over the part, but we want to be very balanced. We want to be able to, if a team wants to run the ball, we want to run the ball. If a team has terrible run defense, we want to run the ball. If a team has terrible secondary, we want to throw the ball. If, you know, whatever you do, we want to take you out of it. And that's the same thing if you're trying a case, if you're trying to prove your point, even if you're a social worker. You want to put yourself in a position that you are not outpowered because you got away from your strengths and skills. That's what gets people into trouble in any situation because you get away from the skills and the assets and the things that made you who you are, that gave you your identity. So for me, for example, my number one identity is I'm a very good rapport builder. I really focus hard on rapport. I focus on validating. I focus on strengths. Those are the three things that regardless of any situation that happens, if I have a client who's screaming in my face and they're hollering at me every single day and I don't know what to do and I feel overpowered, I go back to those three things. I validate. I listen to them. And I build very, very strong rapport with them consistently. I find things to keep that going so that eventually it will bust through. And that's what happens is eventually when you're doing the fundamental things, it will bust through. And if it's not, you do have to look. Maybe your fundamentals are wrong. Maybe you're not doing it right. You got to break it down and understand what are the things that makes you you. And I think part of that is a lot of people don't actually know who they are. You know, if you ask people, I hate to use the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or any of those type of things because I know a lot of people are like, well, they're just personality tests. The Enneagram, in my opinion, is incredibly effective uh, because it, A, is scientific and there's a field behind it, but also because it really does give you a sense of who you are. You know, for me, I am the type of person who's just like my Enneagram says. I'm a type seven. I'm very focused on doing a whole lot of things. So I have to have very key fundamentals. I have to know that I'm very likely to go off and do something completely opposite and I will do it great 
but I have to do what I have to do first. I have to do the fundamentals. And I think the best describer of that, at least for me, has been playing Madden. And Madden, what a lot of crappy Madden players do is they pick two or three plays and they run those two or three plays the whole game. The problem is it's not the same as having two or three good players. It's not the same as having two or three good schemes. You have two or three good plays. Which, and once those things are gone, they're gone. And that's, you know, that goes for even in life. A lot of people focus on looks, money, success. And once those three things are gone, or their title, once those three things are gone, they don't know who they are because those three things made them. But fundamentally, when you know who you are, when you know, you know, going back to this Madden example, when you know that your scheme is, let, let's say for mine, mine is I'm going to run the clock. I'm going to short throw short down plays. I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to have a mobile quarterback so I don't get sacked. That's my scheme. And I'm going to have defense that is bend, don't break. Once I get into the red zone, I'm going to turn it up a notch. And I do that because to me, I know I can consistently follow that. And if the goings get rough, that taking the time and doing those fundamentalist things will work. That's my Madden identity, at least for me. And when I look at that, I wonder, it's the same thing. Is the Enogram my identity? No. But is my identity someone who is focused on doing the right thing, breaking things down, being spontaneous, trying to figure out as much as possible? Yes. Those are my fundamentalist skills that I know that in any situation I can rely on. So here's kind of my pointer and my point of this. When you think of these cases that are anomalies, things that don't go the right way, think about it like this. What did people do in order to make the situation go awry? Not just what did Carol Baskin do or OJ Simpson do, but what did the people who are responsible for making a situation go one way or another, what did they do? And then think about that. What would you do? Because part of just living as a human being is improving. You know, when you're struggling in a situation, try to figure out basically two things. One, who are you? And two, what are your common traits? What, what do you do? What are your strengths and your weaknesses? And really try to assess them. Not just blow them off and bash them and live this coast-to-coast life. Those fundamental skills that you learn and that you understand about yourself, those are the things that will change your life. Because then you can build your life around things that make you stronger. For example, if you're in a dating relationship and the other person is your polar opposite, maybe that works because they're your polar opposite and that's what you need. If you're in a relationship where you two are exactly alike, even if it's a great relationship, is that really making you the best that you can possibly be? Or is it keeping you being average? If you're unhappy in a relationship and your key trait that you tell yourself is that you're always happy, is that making you more happy or less happy? Finding those fundamental traits and finding what makes you the best in order to be your best are the things that are going to help you. And finding those, those situations in life where you can stop and slow down and say, 
these are the key things that I want to focus on in this situation. And if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. But I will know exactly what the mistakes were and I know exactly what I'll have to fix moving forward because that's all life really is. It's about moving forward and being better than you were the last time you did it. Uh, I know this felt a little bit scattered. I didn't have as much of a structure as I usually do. I hope the message came clear though and I hope you all are being safe and as we come to a close, I'd like to remind you all that you can find more content, including blogs, resources for families, therapy models, practices, interventions, and guides by logging on to www.wearekids.org and clicking on the needed link. Thank you so much for being with us. And until next time, be blessed.